Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us. Here we are at midweek already. What a busy week in Washington, D.C. We have the uh, confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Kavanaugh. And wow, are those contentious. Um, We also have, hopefully, be less contentious, but certainly plenty of uh, debate will go on in the Farm Bill Conference Committee. That's underway. House Ag Committee Chair Mike Conaway has submitted a Farm Bill proposal to his Senate counterparts that makes what he describes as a significant compromise on the the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, food stamps, if you will. While Conaway declined to go into any specifics, he did say his offer shows a willingness to move off House positions, but it's got to make sense, he told reporters recently. So we will see how that plays out, but that is underway. So we're watching very closely both the farm bill as well as trade negotiations as we wait to see what happens with Canada and NAFTA and, of course, the uh, Supreme Court Uh, confirmation hearing as well harvest going on we're gonna get a harvest report today from the boot heel of missouri charlie cruz will check in with us today tell us how harvest is going down there lots going on in trade uh, not only with uh, the nafta talks but the eu kind of signaling a willingness to uh, open up to more u.s beef we're going to talk about that with kent Backus with the national cattlemen's beef association harvest time markets with all the trade issues going on a lot of questions. We're going to talk with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist with INTL FC Stone, on the program today as well. But joining us now is Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Reporter for Reuters. Yesterday we talked with Bob Deneen, President and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association. And Jarrett, um, we got more information yesterday on yet another lawsuit filed by the uh, uh, renewable fuels industry. This one over. Uh, the lack of transparency still on the waiver issue for small refiners and uh, lack of response on the Freedom of Information Act. So more action in uh, the courtroom. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. And quite frankly, I thought the, um, you know, one of the things that most interested me about the topic early on was the lack of transparency. I mean, there, it is odd for the government to to be providing financial benefits to companies without providing names of the companies. Um, and some of the rationale, um, you know, I, I have uh, covered government for a while, and it, it, that is an outlier. Um, you know, usually if you apply for some kind of government benefit and you're a corporate entity, you give up some, you know, some, some transparency as part of the, the exchange for getting that financial benefit. And um, so it's, you know, I, I think that, and I think the EPA has recognized that, at least in their public comments, that they want to try to bring some transparency, although... You know, I, I don't know how much. I, I wouldn't hold your breath. Right. I, I don't know how much they're going to bring to it, but um, I think there's going to be some some real time information um, coming forward in the next uh, few months. I made the comment to Bob Deneen yesterday. Uh, it seems more and more we don't see a big shift in this EPA with Andrew Wheeler at the helm than we did Scott Pruitt. Now, maybe a little more openness, more willingness to talk, but as far as uh, the actions taken, uh, it doesn't seem to be a lot different. I, I think your read's right. I think he, uh, I, um, I think he sees a benefit. I, I think he knows how to, I guess, 
deal with lawmakers in a better way, at least explain his approach. And he, he thinks that the, by being um, somewhat more of an open book that that gets him a little bit less pressure. I, I'm not so sure that's the case. I think, as you uh, well understand, I think the, the biofuel folks certainly want to see some action on some items. Um, so I, I don't know if that simply being more open and more transparent, or at least uh, uh, having more of a dialogue, that fuses some of the angst that's out there. Um, yeah, I like so, it. Uh, I think it's uh, may like the method better, but not like the message any more than what we did before. That, if you're in the renewable fuels industry, right? I think I think that's a that's a fair that's a fair sentiment. Uh, last week, uh, I was at the Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa, and I attended the ethanol rally there. Secretary Purdue. Uh, spoke and he mentioned that he had gotten a call from the president and the president said he wanted to get this E15 year-round uh, uh, thing wrapped up and uh, indicated it could happen this week. Are you hearing anything along those lines? Uh, well, two things. One, I, I thought uh, the, the most important thing that what uh, Purdue had mentioned was that, you know, the pressure to get something done on E15, but also that we have to give something to the refiners. I think that was part of his, that wasn't an exact quote, but that was, you know, a paraphrase of what he said. So ultimately, and I thought that was remarkable that he said it because they have been, at least the ag department, by my reporting, has been, you know, somewhat aggressive in trying to get E15 without, as a standalone approach. So the fact that he mentioned that there has to be some kind of trade-off um, and some kind of concessions that the biofuel folks have to give up in order to get E15. I think that's a signal that, you know, things may not get done. Um, so to that effect, I have not, based on my reporting, I have not heard any real momentum um, for this week for something to happen. Um, and uh, I think the biofuel folks, the people I talk to are more than happy to kind of wait on the sidelines. The summer's gone, so the E15 has no immediate benefit. Um, and to see if, uh, you know, Trump has to deliver something to those rural communities and, and perhaps he's boxed himself in and because and, 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 they they're not in the giving mood, right? I don't think they're, they're ready right. to concede any new ground on these things. And I think their position is, well, let's see what happens between now and November, and then maybe there's a deal to be had after that. But that's... That, I think that's the snapshot I hear now. It could change, but that, that's the sentiment I have. So I, I don't think we're any closer to getting anything done. I think those elections coming in November may uh, bring about an announcement on that more than anything, if he does feel the need to deliver something for to get rural votes. And uh, I must admit, as I sat there in the audience and heard Secretary Purdue last week talk about this, uh, I, the first thing that went through my mind was, we've heard this before. I mean, we yeah. need to see some action rather than just hear these words. Yeah, I, I think, listen, I think, uh, I think farmers in Iowa and, and other rural states would welcome an E15 waiver. But I, I do think it starts losing some of its political utility if you go through all this uh, uh, hoopla in advance and then... And, and, uh, and, and, I think, uh, you know, it loses some of its, its, its boom effect. Uh, and I think Trump would, if he, if he, if he's in, you know, has an interest in kind of helping these guys and winning some political support, I think the longer he drags this out, the less bump he gets. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, he's clearly hit, the, they clearly 
want to do something for for refiners too. So I, you know, the price cap uh, I've heard like sixty cent RIN price cap is I guess the latest I'm hearing in terms of one of the possible concessions. Um, RIN prices are at twenty cents or something right now with the small refinery exemptions. It's hard to see any bullish sentiment in the RIN market getting up to there. So there's, people feel like there's an artificial cap right now. You know, so I don't know. You know, I, I do think there's some, some, some fluidity there, and, and, and I think there's some difference of opinion among um, biofuel folks on, on a price cap, ring price We'll cap. see how it plays out. Jarrett, good to talk with you. Thank you. All right, take it easy. Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Reporter for Reuters. Coming up next, we're going to talk markets with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. By the way, we welcome today WYEC Carthage, Illinois to Adams on Agriculture. Great to have you on board. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Farmers are feeling the pain from President Trump's trade war. Brent Bible Farms in Lafayette, Indiana. Today we farm about 5,000 acres and raise primarily corn and soybeans. Free trade is essential to the ag economy. This is not a war that I signed up for. It's not a war that I want to be drafted for. Our farm and many others like ours will be one of the first casualties of the trade war. President Trump, stop the trade war. Paid for by Farmers for Free Trade. TariffsHurt.com. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. 
Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, harvest getting underway. Let's talk markets with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, if you like uh, political drama and theater, we have plenty of it today with the Supreme Court uh, uh, nomination hearing and the uh, Farm Bill Conference Committee underway. Plenty of that going on today. Lots of speeches, that's for sure. Yeah, the drama and theater is probably putting it nicely compared to some of the stuff we see in that Senate hearing room. One thing uh, of note, on, and I mentioned this earlier, on the Farm Bill Conference Committee, House Committee, House Ag Committee Chair Conaway saying he's offered a compromise on the SNAP issue, and of course that's the big hurdle, so it'll be interesting to see if that uh, kind of provides a, a breakthrough on that impasse. Yeah, we're tired of seeing uh, farm bill deadlines come and go with no agreement. It seems like that's been the history forever, and we like to see Congress actually pass something before the farm bill actually expires and and um, move forward and, and not let any more time delay and uh, reach a compromise because uh, the House and the Senate plans certainly had some big, significant differences. Would the passage of a farm bill, especially if it happens by the end of this month, would that be a boost to the markets? Uh, yeah, I don't think the markets uh, really care. It, it obviously impacts farmers, but uh, really doesn't seem to impact supply and demand. Since right now the, the, the Farm Bill is created to be relatively neutral as far as determining acres that get planted to various crops. And so as such, I don't think it would have much impact. Uh, certainly helps the, the mood of the farm country. Uh, and that's important right now to President Trump as we go in deeper into this trade war and the possibility of more tariffs on China this week or the likelihood of more tariffs on China this week, um, but not really a, an impact on supply and demand. Just wondered if it would have a psychological impact. Certainly it would uh, be a positive a, a step forward, especially as we deal with all these trade issues. Well, you mentioned China. Uh, let's talk about that because it looks like the president uh, – appears uh, uh, ready to uh, sign off on more than $200 billion in, in new tariffs on Chinese goods. Uh, this seems to, uh, is going to play out for a while because, as you've pointed out, Arlen, several times, uh, China really, uh, it would not be to their advantage to do anything right away. I mean, they they see pressure with the midterm elections coming, right? Absolutely. They're they're looking 100 years down the road. We're looking through the next election cycle. And in this case, the next election cycle is, what, about 62 days away. So as, as long as President Xi feels like he has the support of the party behind him, meaning the Communist Party behind him, uh, then certainly he has no incentive to reach a deal prior to the midterms. It's his hope that uh, the Republicans will lose Congress in the midterms, and therefore President Trump will be weakened as a negotiator, and they'll be able to get more concessions from us after that point. On the other hand, President Trump is trying to apply maximum economic pressure on them to try to push them toward uh, uh, concessions prior to that before they can put on those political pressures. And I think the outcome of the midterm election will have a great deal to 
uh, to do with what kind of agreement we get. But either way, I think there will be incentive for both sides to come together after the midterm elections. Meanwhile, on NAFTA, we wait to see what Canada does. Uh, seemingly, there's more pressure on Canada to come in back into NAFTA, although Canada says it will not be bullied into concessions. How do you read uh, how this is playing out? What's interesting is people who are close to the negotiations with Mexico say that both the United States and Mexico, since they had been in negotiations with Canada for, what, 11 months or so, um, pretty much know what Canada wants. And so they negotiated that agreement uh, between us and Mexico with conditions that they thought would be favorable for Canada to just step in. Uh, So they feel like we're you know, we're not that far apart inside of the negotiating room. But we've got some bruised egos between Trudeau and Trump, and so now it comes down to what it's going to take to get past those bruised egos. Some say it'll probably be pretty quick. Uh, others say it could take a while. So I, I think that's the real issue right now. And and uh, what's interesting is, obviously, we have the midterms coming up here, and so uh, that has some political implications. Uh, Trudeau was up for election next year, and he has some uh, some stiff competition, it sounds like, in Canada. So he's got to play this in a way that uh, helps gain him favor in the polls back in Canada as well. Yeah, that's a big part of this. You mentioned egos and, and elections. Uh, whatever deal they come up with, the the involved parties and leaders of the countries have to be able to go back home and sell it as they got a win for their country. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we know that both both leaders will say it was a win for their country, regardless. Uh, that'll be the spin on it. And uh, you know, over time, we'll be able to see uh, whether it was a better deal than what we had or not. All right, Arlen, meanwhile, combines are starting to roll in the Midwest, and we expect a big crop to come in. And I already had someone ask me, well, what are corn prices going to do? Any chance they're going to be going up anytime soon? Let's start with corn. What's your outlook there? Well, it's somewhat related to soybeans, and unfortunately for a long time wheat was the anchor around corn, and now to some extent it's uh, soybeans are the anchor around corn. Uh, I do still... My attitude long-term hasn't changed on corn. I think it has some solid long-term fundamentals behind it to support higher prices. Uh, It perhaps changed a little bit with African swine fever in China. That's going to reduce consumption somewhat, um, but probably not in as much trouble as what soybean demand is because with corn we still have the ethanol mandate. Uh, consuming corn in China to help offset part of that lost uh, demand from uh, smaller swine herds. Um, so overall, I think uh, long term, the the world market still needs higher prices in order to encourage expansion of corn acres in the world. We'll get a, we got a little bit of help in doing that from Argentina, kind of uh, when they uh, implemented their new tax uh, this week on their new export tax. That favors corn production over soybean production moving forward and, and will help to expand corn area. But the market's going to need to do more work to get more widespread increases in acreage. Meanwhile, though, uh, soybeans with uh, the disruption with China and what looks to be a huge soybean crop coming in here, uh, it looks like a lot of pressure on soybean prices. 
It does. Now, we've got, uh, we held up above the July lows in our November contracts, and so we're consolidating now, but this is still vulnerable. Uh, I think we get some more private estimates coming out over the next few days that should give us some more indications of, of the size of the crop, but some of the early harvest results we've seen so far have been very impressive. So um, what are you talking with customers about and when they ask you? I mean, are we looking at just a lot of crop going in storage? That's exactly right, and that's going to tax our storage facilities and basis. We were also at risk of seeing uh, basis really weaken across much of the uh, in the river network in the Midwest if water levels fell much more below where they were. But with the heavy rains that we've had uh, over the weekend and then uh, the remnants of tro- uh, Tropical Storm Gordon coming up into the Midwest providing more rain, it doesn't look like uh, low water levels are going to be our problem now for a while. Rather, high water levels are going to be more of a concern. Uh, impacting the basis market. Uh, but overall, it looks like we're going to have some incentive, particularly with the government payments coming to farmers, uh, to really try to store and hope that we get some resolution on the trade deal with China, uh, I think is what farmers are going to try to do. Would a NAFTA deal with all three countries, would a NAFTA deal be a boost to the market? I do think so. Um, obviously, more so to the pork market, which we've seen to some extent already. Uh, certainly, uh, with soybeans, uh, we never have really seen a threat to corn demand uh, with the trade negotiations. Certainly, benefits somewhat from a NAFTA deal, and psychologically, it helps not only with trade with Canada and Mexico, but it helps add momentum toward uh, confidence that we'll get a favorable deal with China. And so I think that would help this market sentiment and help the money flow into the broader commodity sector and specifically the ags. All right, Arlen, thanks a lot. It's going to be interesting to watch these uh, harvest numbers come in here over the next few weeks and keep an eye on all these other issues such as trade. We'll be back in touch. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL F.C. Stone. All right, coming up next with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Get his thoughts on the, the NAFTA talks and comments made recently by the European Union about perhaps a willingness to buy more U.S. beef. We've had plenty of differences with them over the years on uh, selling beef into that market. We'll see if this is a significant change or at least maybe signaling a potential change that could be good for U.S. beef producers. That's coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. And again, we welcome WYEC Carthage, Illinois, our latest affiliate joining us here on AOA. Good to have you with us. Farmers are feeling the pain from President Trump's trade war. Brent Bible farms in Lafayette, Indiana. Today we farm about 5,000 acres and raise primarily corn and soybeans. Free trade is essential to the ag economy. This is not a war that I signed up for. It's not a war that I want to be drafted for. Our farm and many others like ours will be one of the first casualties of the trade war. President Trump, stop the trade war. Paid for by Farmers for Free Trade. TariffsHurt.com. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, 
even money saving, just like FDA approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. For the grain and oil seed sector, it's a mostly defensive affair on this Wednesday. Minneapolis spring wheat displaying a little bit of strength, but otherwise we've got minus signs in Chicago, Kansas City wheat, corn and soybeans too. U.S. corn and soybean conditions holding mostly steady last week, according to USDA's crop progress report released on Tuesday. Corn conditions dipping just one point. 75% of the corn crop is dented. That is 15 points ahead of the five-year average. 16% of soybeans nationwide dropping leaves. That's seven points ahead of the five-year average. On the charts, November soybeans firm yesterday after both the bulls and the bears failed to gain significant traction an hour into this wednesday were four to five cents lower since august 20th november soybeans have tumbled from a high at 907 into last week's low at 828 and three quarters before a minor recovery rally ensued the 10-day moving average acting as resistance around 850 and a quarter in corn we're trending a fraction to a penny lower on the downside, Tuesday's corn low on December at 361. Nearby support, corn bulls gaining momentum but face several layers of overhead resistance. We've got the 40-day moving average at 370, 20-day moving average at 370 and a half. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, subdued activity on this Wednesday, 25 to 60 cents lower as we await cash cattle activity in the central and southern plains. Feeder cattle, a dime to 50 lower. Lean hog futures, 40 to 85 cents lower. Outside markets, the Dow down 67, crude oil down 97. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. So we're keeping a close eye on the uh, Farm Bill Conference Committee. I wanted to share with you just some of the uh, comments made by ranking member of the House Ag Committee, Colin Peterson. I thought he summed it up very well, and I won't read all of his opening statement. Again, a lot of speeches going on today, but I really liked his comments. He said, we have one goal to get this Farm Bill done. Farmers are counting on it. We've all seen the statistics on the 
the decline of the farm economy, on their struggles with regard to trade, the news of volatile weather, and the range of challenges they face. Peterson said it makes no sense, and it does not benefit those farmers one bit to relitigate how we got here. It doesn't get us any closer to our goal. But more than any one issue, he says, I want a farm bill. I'm here to work and to get a conference report we can all sign, pass through our respective chambers, and send to the president to be signed into law. I'll, re I'll remind our conferees that should be their goal as well. Nobody in this room is going to get everything he or she wants. The process is about compromise. And with that, I yield the balance of my time and suggest we get to work. Comments by the uh, ranking member of the House Ag Committee, Colin Peterson, today at the uh, Farm Bill Conference Committee. And I thought, good words indeed. Let's see if they if they follow them. Joining me now is Kent Backus. He is the Director of International Trade and Market Access for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Kent, good to uh, to have you back with us. Uh, I like that approach by Colin Peterson. Let's get to work on this, forget the past, and move forward on this. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's it's always good to to hear uh, some bipartisan uh, talk about trying to move forward on issues as important as the farm bill. Uh, you know, here in Washington, uh, gridlock is, is usually uh, the common theme, and so it's good to, to, to think that there may be some possibilities, possibilities to move forward. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, we all want to see a, a farm bill conclude soon so that we can move on and, and fight some of these other battles. Yeah, and when he says this process is about compromise, we know compromise is hard to come by in Washington, D.C. these days, and I've always appreciated his willingness to reach across the aisle to try to get something done, so hopefully they'll be able to do so. Well, let's also look at trade, Kent, and uh, we're watching NAFTA and to see what Canada does. What are you hearing? Yeah, so we're watching this very closely. Uh, you know, we were glad to see Mexico and, and the U.S. come to a, a preliminary agreement. Uh, they still have to flesh out the, the details, and they have to, you know, iron out a few of the other kinks that are there. But I think they've made a lot of progress. Uh, Canada was brought in with about three days uh, to sign off on terms uh, <laughs> as specific to auto provisions and labor, uh, but they were also asked to make some, some pretty big uh reforms to their dairy policy, which is politically sensitive there. So, uh, you know, Canada, to no surprise, was not able to really agree to that uh, under that tight deadline. But, uh, you know, from what we understand, uh, you know, the negotiators are still still meeting, still trying to, uh, to hammer out some kind of agreement uh, and, and really try to work on that. I know that, uh, you know, here uh, for the United States, the dairy provisions are, are pretty important. We need uh, we need to see some kind of movement there uh, for the U.S. to be able to claim victory on NAFTA. Uh, for the Canadians, it's about digging in and and uh, you know not making too many concessions. So uh, you know, we're hopeful that this will move quickly, but I think we need to we need to prepare for the reality that uh, that this could take uh, you know several more days or a few more weeks. Uh, all of this is is important because we need to see some text and some uh, some finalized language that can be sent to Congress by the end of this month. Uh, under Trade Promotion Authority, uh, and this gets kind of into the weeds and kind of boring, so I'm going to keep it high level, but under the rules, uh, in order for us to move forward uh, in, and to finalize any kind of trade agreement and to sign it, Congress has to have 60 days notice uh, before 
uh, the president can sign off on those things. So we need some written text that can be submitted by the end of this month, uh, and that still falls within that that 90-day window. All of that is important because the new president of Mexico will be sworn in on December the 1st. So we really have a, a small window to have the outgoing president of Mexico sign the NAFTA agreement and have uh, President Trump and uh, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau sign it as well. That late November time frame is very important uh, for a number of reasons. If this drags on further and the agreement's not signed, then that may mean that they have to go back and renegotiate certain provisions. It took a lot of effort to get Mexico uh, to a good place on the labor provisions, and obviously the new president of Mexico has a strong backing of labor unions, and so he may want to see some other changes there, or he may not want to make some of the concessions that Mexico has already offered. Anyway, so it, it would essentially drag the negotiations on even further. Uh, that doesn't help any of us. It also encourages the president to, you know, if things don't go well, uh, just to pull the plug on the whole agreement and, uh, you know, and repeal NAFTA altogether without some alternative to fall back on. So these negotiations that are happening now are important. It's important that we find a, a path forward uh, with both Canada and Mexico. Uh, otherwise, is, it really could just be a U.S.-Mexico-only agreement, and our trade in Canada could, could hang in the balance and, and be uncertain. That's not good for the economies on either side of the border uh, and for North America overall, because with NAFTA, you've seen such tremendous growth and such uh, tremendous efficiencies develop that cross-border trade that uh, that'll hurt a lot of businesses, and it'll also hurt our consumers. From what you've seen and heard on the U.S.-Mexico deal, from an agricultural standpoint, did we gain uh, significantly in that, or is it pretty much back to where we were? How would you view, what, based on what we know now, what we, what's your assessment of the U.S.-Mexico deal? So I think it's important to to state that the, the details are still not public. Uh, we, you know, we don't know the we don't know what's in the fine print on everything. Uh, the the focus was primarily on autos and labor. Uh, as far as agriculture goes, I think we're still in a pretty good spot. Um, I, uh, you know, I I haven't heard of any significant changes that would that would be detrimental to us. I think Mexico is it's also in their best interest to improve those market access provisions for for imports from the United States because a lot of their consumers buy our agricultural goods. They need them. They're part of their business plans. Uh, Their grocery stores need our goods. Uh, Their their manufacturers, uh, their retail sector, they need U.S. agricultural goods, and they need it on a steady and consistent basis. So I think, you know, there's not really an incentive for Mexico to try to, to, to blow up that segment of trade, so I, I don't think we're, uh, you know, I, I think we're, I think we're going to be in a good position. We're still waiting to see all the details there, but we're encouraged to see those negotiations moving forward. We're talking with Kent Backus with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Kent, we know the history between the U.S. and EU on uh, beef trade, and uh, the issue of hormones uh, right at the top of the list has caused a lot of problems uh, in moving more U.S. beef into the European Union. But recently we've heard some comments out of the EU about a possible willingness to buy more U.S. beef. Uh, How encouraged are you by those comments and uh, what do you make of them? Well, 
you know, I think we, we take it all with a grain of salt, to be honest with you. Uh, the EU has not been a, an honest and good trade partner. Um, you know, we've won this WTO case uh, years ago, and they just continued to, to violate the WTO ruling. And so because of that, we had to apply uh, reciprocal tariffs on them, uh, which, which, which restricted about $100 million worth of, of trade uh, from Europe to the United States. It wasn't good for their producers. Uh, you know, we've tried to find some path forward, but you know, I think we just need to to continue to realize who we're dealing with here. I mean, you're talking about an economy that does not, uh, and a government that does not embrace true science-based standards. Uh, and when they strike a deal, they don't always live up to it. So, you know, we're we're hopeful that we can can get some kind of meaningful progress out of this, but. The European Commission is also notorious for just dragging things out, and that's been a frustrating, uh, a frustrating fact we've had to live with for quite a long time. Because anytime there have been uh, any possible solutions or discussions about things, Europe finds new ways to gum up the works. And it's not just the United States. If you look at Canada, Canada struck a free trade agreement with Europe, and you know Europe got a lot of access into Canada, but. The Europeans have put all of these regulatory barriers in place and all of this approval process and things to drag out the implementation. And so really Canada hasn't been able to maximize on their trade agreement with the European Union. Well, I mean, these are the same people we're dealing with. And so, uh, you know, I think it's positive. We're we're seeing some news come out of the European Union, but honestly, we're not going to hold our breath. Uh, we need to see meaningful action from uh, Europeans if, if they truly want to continue to have a trade relationship with the United States. Kent, just a minute left. Uh, the BSE case in Florida recently, isolated case. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Yeah, I, I think it's important to to note that the, this was an atypical BSE case. Uh, this has uh, nothing that uh, comes from uh, the classical cases, which have uh, devastated a lot of other uh, people. It really hurt uh, our industry in 2003. Uh, frankly, the United States has some very strict and efficient and uh, uh, very strong safeguards, interlocking safeguards, that prevent these kind of animals from entering into the food supply. We know this animal was not in the food supply, so it hasn't really jeopardized our trade. I think it really shows the commitment of the U.S. government and the U.S. beef industry from a cow-calf producer all the way to uh, the packer processor of, of having these safeguards and having that safe beef supply. It's you know healthiest, uh, most, uh, most uh, tasty beef in, that you're going to find in the world, and it's because uh, we, we start at the cow-calf level and go all the way to, the, to retail and make sure that we have a safe and, uh, and consistently good product for all of our consumers. All right, Kent, thanks a lot. Always enjoy talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Kent Backus, Director of International Trade, Market Access for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Coming up next, a harvest update from the Boot Heel of Missouri. Stay with us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.
Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Hello. I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. My employees and I would like to thank you for making MyPillow possible. Years ago, when I invented MyPillow, I thought I was the only one out there with problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I'd flip-flop all night, or wake up with a sore neck or headache. So that's why I invented MyPillow. You can adjust MyPillow's patented fill to your exact individual needs to help you get to sleep faster and stay there longer to get the quality sleep you need. I back it with my 10-year warranty and my 60-day money-back guarantee. And now to thank you, I'm bringing back my best offer ever. Buy one of my MyPillows and get another one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. That's right, it's back. Buy one MyPillow and get a second one free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Did you 
ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs risk-free, call 866-504-0276. That's 866-504-0276. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 866-504-0276. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, we've talked a lot today about trade and farm bill. Let's now turn our attention to the harvest, and we go to the boot heel of Missouri, Dexter, Missouri, where we find Charlie Cruz. Charlie, how are you? Good, Mike. How you doing? Very good. How far along are you with harvest? Well, corn the harvest is really moving along. Uh, I'd say overall in, in the southeast Missouri, in the boot heel where I live, um uh, Corn harvest is probably at least half done and maybe a little over. Uh, soybeans, the really early varieties, uh, early planted soybeans are are being harvested. Uh, rice harvest has started, and cotton crop is starting to open pretty good, but uh, no harvest yet. But it's it's uh, cotton seems to be a little earlier than normal this year. You've got quite a diversity of crops there in the boot heel. Are you hearing any early? Uh numbers or want to share any from your uh, harvest on corn and soybeans well um corn uh, dryland corn was really hurt this summer uh, we had a long spell of really hot dry weather and the corn dryland corn got hurt really bad some rains later on and in, in, in the last few weeks have helped dryland soybeans and Fortunately, Mike, as you know, I live in Stoddard County in the Boot Hill. Uh, of the 114 counties in Missouri, there are more acres of crop under irrigation in our county than any county in the state, and we're lucky to be totally irrigated. And the irrigated corn's turning out really good, well over 200 bushel per acre. Uh, soybean yields are that have been cut so far, I'm hearing some really good yields on those 70-plus, and... Uh, uh, so if if you're irrigated this year in our area, you're going to have some really good crops. If you're dry land, it's going to be uh, a little bit different. What kind of year have you had as far as disease and insects? You know, Mike, it's amazing. Uh, we We actually usually put fungicide on our corn, and we didn't even do that this year. Uh, there just was nothing there, and uh, we lucked out. Uh, soybeans pretty much the same way. I, we had a really, really spell of heat and dry weather. We had heat indexes in the triple digits up to 114 degrees, and uh, I think that had something to do with it. But uh, our disease pressure this year was uh, a whole lot less than it is in a lot of years. 
you said you were about halfway into your uh, harvest. Uh, where would that, uh, how does that compare to past years? I always kid you. I, I figured you were going to tell me you were done because you usually get started <laughs> so early. Uh, so how does it compare with past years for you? Well, it's about the same. Corn uh, corn may have started a few days later. We, we've actually been done with corn harvest uh, some years by Labor Day. Mm-hmm. But corn's, a, I'd say, about normal. Soybeans, uh, uh, there just aren't a lot of soybeans being harvested yet. The, the real early maturing varieties that some people have planted uh, uh, are where the harvest has started. But... Uh, the beans are turning, and there'll be a lot of soybeans being harvested here in the next uh, few weeks. I'd say we're pretty much on schedule, and for rice, uh, for ri- the rice crop uh, seems to be a little bit early this year, and the cotton crop as well. So what's your forecast look like? you going to be able to stay at it pretty good for this week? And, you know, we didn't think we'd ever get a rain again. You know how hmm. farmers are uh, a few weeks ago. And we've gotten rains about every two or three days now. And today's a nice day. Starting tomorrow, uh, for the next four or five days, we've got at least a 40 to 50% chance of rain and 70 or 80% some days. So it looks like we may be knocked out, uh, you know, for the next few days. But uh, we've had good weather so far and and been able to work around the rains. And uh, so... You know, so far the harvest has gone pretty well. But I could just hear uh, farmers down there saying, now it rains, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I talked to a friend of mine who it was he started corn harvest way before anybody down here and started to and shell corn for two days and then got a three-inch rain. And he said, where was all this rain when we needed it? <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. as we all know, that's the way it goes when you're a farmer. Charlie, uh, have you heard uh, any of your uh, neighbors talk about uh, the ag assistance package and uh, and what their thoughts are on that? Uh, have you heard much reaction to that, or have they been too busy with harvest? Well, uh, you know, the reaction I've heard down here to that has been positive. And, and, and I'll say this too, Mike. Uh, people down here that, that I talk to um, – are are really confident that we're ultimately going to work out good on all of this trade uh, matter, whether it's uh, Mexico and Canada, or whether it's uh, you know when you I never thought I'd live long enough to see the head of the EU stand uh, at a microphone and say we're going to talk about zero tariffs and we are going to start buying more soybeans from the U.S. So I, I think there's cautious optimism but i think there's a a confidence that uh, we're going to end up okay on all the trade issues and um, like i said what i've heard so far has been positive on the assistance package and what about the farm bill farm bill it's uh you know i think it's still kind of up in the air obviously and uh um I know down here, and I certainly have always felt this way, what we need in a farm bill is a safety net. Uh, For years when prices are so drastically low, um, and I've always believed that, um, and I continue to believe that if we could have a farm bill with a real solid safety net, uh, 
um, that would be a really, really good farm bill. Well, we'll see what they they come up with. They're working on conference committee uh, right now. So, Charlie, good to talk with you, and um, have a good rest of your harvest. Be safe. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Mike. Always good to talk to you. Take care. Charlie Cruz from the Boot Hill, Missouri, Dexter, Missouri. Uh, harvest underway there, but it looks like uh, they're going to be uh, dealing with some rain here the next few days. All right, coming up tomorrow, more on the Farm Bill. We'll keep you up to date on that and trade as well as harvest. Lots going on. Again, our uh, thanks uh, to all of you for joining us, and a special welcome to our new affiliate, WYEC Carthage, Illinois. On board with us now, an AOA Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle we're auto credit express and we've helped thousands of people just like you antonio h told us great company got me connected and the day i went in i drove off in the car i wanted 100 percent worth your time need a car get started now and drive off as early as today just go to 11 ignoremyscore.com right now that's www.11ignoremyscore.com auto financing the easy way 11 ignoremyscore.com get started today auto financing the easy way